0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome to Friday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid in Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I'm Ben Stevens. It's the first day of a new month. It's July 1st. But on the final day of the month of June, the sports world went bonkers. I am not sure if we have enough time over these next two hours or even enough words in the English language to adequately describe what happened yesterday in the world of sports but we will try here on a friday live on the morning after on sports grid first a big 10 bombshell that will change the landscape of college sports forever as usc and ucla join the conference realignment change of CFP and all of college athletics those schools from the west coast are set to join the big 10 conference in 20. 20- 24 and then before we could even truly wrap our heads around that news and what it all means for college sports kevin durant requests a trade from the brooklyn nets if he is in fact traded if a deal gets done i would argue this would be the biggest superstar to ever be traded in nba history and yesterday was the first day of nba free agency starting at 6 p.m eastern time yesterday evening so we expected some big moves and some big news out of the association but After Sham Sharania of the Athletic and Stadium drops that tweet, it was a bombshell we did not expect in the NBA. And nothing could quite shift the landscape of the league in the NBA quite like KD asking to be dealt from the Brooklyn Nets. And that's where we begin, not just where Kevin Durant is being traded from, but where he might be traded to. Because as Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports further reported, KD lists the Phoenix Suns as his preferred trade destination. Now, if you remember, it was only about 72 hours ago before Kyrie Irving opted back into his contract for this upcoming season with the Brooklyn Nets. There was a thought around the league that both Kyrie and KD might be on their way out of BK. And the Phoenix Suns were listed as one of those teams that had the most assets they could give back for kevin durant mikhail bridges deandre ayton in a potential sign and trade future first round draft picks maybe even cam johnson and kevin durant yesterday listing his preferred trade destination reportedly as the phoenix suns which meant immediate and i mean immediate market movement as we look at next year and the odds to win an nba championship and the eastern conference as well as soon as sham sharania drops that tweet bomb if you will and chris haynes follows up that Phoenix is the number one spot most likely to land Kevin Durant, or at least where KD wants to play. You can see the odds before. The Kevin Durant News that happened at 2.59 p.m. Eastern time yesterday on the final day of the month of June, a random Thursday in the summer months. Brooklyn was plus 700, the fifth-best odds to win the NBA championship next year, behind our four co-favorites at the time, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics out of the east, the Golden State Warriors, and the L.A. Clippers out of the west. And Phoenix was a 10-1, to 1, not too far down this board. The KD News breaks, and that market moved immediately. And so, not only did Brooklyn move back in price from 7-1 to one to 17-1, to one, and that market continues to drop on the price for the Nets, but Phoenix, although they had not traded for Kevin Durant yet, just the reports and the rumors and speculation he might end up in the Valley, plus 550 to win next year's NBA title. What does that number mean? They became the favorites by themselves to win the NBA championship on the FanDuel sportsbook just based on a couple of tweets that is how quickly the market moves and reacts and the odds always match up with what we see on our twitter timelines a welcome to our sports grid radio audience here a wild friday on the first day of july live right here all across the grid sirius xm channel 159 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well i am ben stevens on the final day of the month of june yesterday a thursday afternoon It was one of those days where you just lean back and say, huh, sports. Because not only did we get the Big Ten bombshell that USC and UCLA are set to join the Big Ten Conference in 2024, altering the landscape of collegiate athletics for the rest of our lives, we also got a bombshell in the NBA. Not on the opening day of free agency, a big free agent move, or a super max contract being handed out, but Kevin Durant requesting a trade from the brooklyn nets and as we just showed you the market moved immediately phoenix moves up the board to become your favorites because it was the preferred destination and still is for kevin durant where he wants to continue to play his nba basketball they moved from 1000 10 to 1 to plus 550 as your solo favorites but let's check in on where the market is right now not only does phoenix move up the board but brooklyn's slide in the title odds for next year continues to happen as we speak live on the FanDuel Sportsbook so as we check the odds Phoenix now one of your co-favorites for next year's NBA championship a price on the Suns at six to one alongside Milwaukee and Boston who were your co-favorites entering yesterday as well 50 cents of movement against the Dubs plus 6.50, your reigning NBA champions and the Los Angeles Clippers now 7 to 1, the fifth best odds to win next year's NBA championship. You have to scroll far down this board to find the Brooklyn Nets currently at 36 to 1, the 11th best price to win next year's NBA championship. Where might the market continue to move as we continue to get updates now that NBA free agency has begun? We check in with our guy, Chris Milhahn, who covers the Brooklyn Nets. What does this all mean for Brooklyn? Where might Kyrie go? And what will the return be if Kevin Durant is eventually traded away from the Nets? It's going to be a fun Friday here on The Morning After. Stay with us Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid live on what will be a very fun Friday to take you in to your holiday weekend. Thank you for joining us here, Sirius XM channel 159. where you're listening to this great program, watching all across the Spiz Grizz as well. I am Ben Stevens. So we continue the association impact following Kevin Durant's trade request, and if there will be a Durant deal here in the next couple of days so we listed it the preferred destination for Kevin Durant as it stands right now is to play alongside Chris Paul potentially Devin Booker as well with the Phoenix Suns. so we saw that immediate movement in the market Phoenix without even landing a trade for KD became your betting favorite for a couple of hours by themselves at a price at plus 550 now the co-favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win next year's NBA championship alongside the Bucks. And the Celtics, our guy, Chris Millholland, who covers the Nets for Nets Daily, unfortunately could not be here as IT is coming in to that segment. But do not fear. When it comes to NBA insight, who do we trust? A coach. And that would be our coach, James Young, joining us here on the morning after live on this Friday morning. JY, I'm sure you were sitting down on your Thursday afternoon enjoying summer break, maybe with a cold one as well. Then all of a sudden, not only was it the Big Ten bombshell that I'm sure caught your eye, But also Kevin Durant requesting a trade in the Sham Sharania tweet that set the sports world abuzz. What was your initial reaction to seeing that Kevin Durant had requested a trade?
2: Well, you know, listen, JY comes off the bench firing. So I'm gonna be like Vinny Johnson in his prime. I'm the real microwave baby. But anyway, bro, let's keep it real. I was having that spicy margarita. It was delicious, and I damn well spit the whole thing up when I saw the tweet. By shams. But here's the thing, Ben. Is anyone completely surprised that this is how this turned out in Brooklyn? When everything went south at the end of the season, and there was talk about KD had no interaction with the Nets' front office, Kyrie had no interaction with the Nets' front office since the end of the season, it lined up that there were going to be issues. And of course, we'll get into the fact of what happened with Kyrie, but I'm not completely shocked it happened. I'm just more shocked that it happened literally hours before free agency started. So we didn't even have free agent frenzy. We had KD frenzy, which is such right. shock
1: rays and ripple effects throughout the association. And that's the big thing, J.Y. It's not just for Brooklyn. It's not just for Phoenix. But how does that affect the rest of Of the nba it doesn't feel like it was all that long ago or maybe it feels like a lifetime ago that james harden was traded to the brooklyn nets in january of 2021 to round out the big three alongside kyrie and kevin durant they barely played together last year and now maybe 18 20 months later all three of those guys could not be playing for the brooklyn nets anymore so jy we just showed you the nba championship movement that we saw yesterday in that odds board also movement of course then in the western conference where the phoenix suns are now listed as co-favorites at this time yesterday plus 500 the third best price now alongside the golden state warriors in the west at plus 320 in fact moving in front of gsw this morning 10 cents ahead of the dubs at plus 320 golden state plus 330 it was reported from yahoo's Chris Haynes, that Phoenix is KD's preferred trade destination. J.Y., do you think that is the most likely option for where Kevin Durant plays his basketball next year?
2: Well, here's the thing, Ben. If you are the Nets and you're blowing this up, this is not a rebuild. And I want people to understand this. Here is why. It's the three number one picks and the two pick swaps that they have with Houston. This can't be a rebuild. This has got to be a restart. This has got to be, we got to get the most of what we can get. I heard your earlier segment, and I'm going to say this. Since Wayne Gretzky got traded to the Kings from the Oilers, this is going to mm. be the biggest trade in sports history in regards to a guy in his prime, the number of suitors that may come in, and the amount of assets being moved. So, that being said, if it's Phoenix, you have to start with DeAndre Ayton and mm. either Cam Johnson or Mikel Bridges. Aiden, because we already know that Phoenix is willing to move him. And then if you look at Bridges or um, Cam Johnson, they play the same position. You can move one, keep the other. But then the key comes in. It's the draft picks. The four to five first-round draft picks. A number of them, at least three of them, I would say, would have to be unprotected, being that DeJounte Murray was two unprotected picks, and no offense to DeJounte Murray, he ain't in KD's class. Let's keep that real, folks. He ain't there. Now, that being said, that would be the framework that I would look at if I was Sean Marks. And if you think about it, Ben, everybody knows that Phoenix is the favorite because Phoenix moved from a plus 1,000 to a plus 600 co-favorite to win the NBA final just as soon as that news dropped. They dropped four, uh, 40 cents. So that makes yep. sense to me. That probably is the best place you could probably
1: see Kevin Durant going is to the Valley of the Sun. I mean, when you see the odds back up a tweet that you see, even from the best NBA insider like a Sham Sharania, that should let you know where there is smoke. There is certainly fire. And to echo JY's point right there, Kevin Durant is in his prime in his second year playing on the floor with the Brooklyn Nets, of course, missing three seasons ago, recovering from that torn Achilles. He averaged nearly 30 points per game this past regular season, still shooting 52% from the field. We have seen superstars in the association make moves, of course Kevin Durant has signed with various spots in free agency. LeBron James's decision, even Kobe Bryant in the mid 2000s requested a trade from the Lakers, maybe heading to Chicago, but a deal was never done and Kobe played his entire career with the lake show. If the deal is done and KD ends up being traded, I agree with Coach. I think it would be the biggest superstar ever traded in the history of the association. And, J.Y., as you know, it might not just be Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, on Monday evening, opted back into his deal with Brooklyn for this upcoming 2022-23 campaign. But now there is steam that Kyrie might be on his way out of BK as well. What do you think Kevin Durant requesting a trade means for Kyrie Irving's future with the Nets?
2: Here's the thing, man, and I'm gonna—I have no proof of this, but this is my thought on it. When everything went down with Kyrie last week, I think K- Katie and Kyrie sat down this past weekend because those two are boys, and they were like, "Listen, we got to break this up. How do we get our wish? You know what you're gonna do? You're not gonna go to the Lakers for six million dollars and leave 3,100 million on off the table. You can't do that. So I think Katie said to Kyrie, "You opt in. Once you opt in, I'm gonna wait a little bit." I demand the trade first. Once I demand the trade with all that one on in Brooklyn, they're not going to keep you either. And I think it sets up a better chance that Kyrie gets his preferred destination of the Lakers. The Lakers are mm. putting all their chips to the table. They want Kyrie Irving. And if you're another team as crazy and as nutty as Kyrie beats at times. time, Are you willing to give up a ton of assets on a guy that becomes a free agent in one year? I wouldn't do that. So I think he, I think the Nets tried to play Kyrie and KD by getting Kyrie to opt in to make everything work, and the two of them played the good old okey-doke, threw it back on him and said, no, 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 no. We control the narrative. So I think Kyrie to the Lakers makes more sense than ever now.
1: I think this situation on Monday night felt like it was settled, that the Brooklyn Nets were back in control of their own organization. Kyrie opts back in, reaffirms his commitment to playing alongside KD with the Nets. And then I think both of those superstars said, not so fast. It's a player-driven league. And we saw the odds change drastically, JY. We'll continue this conversation on the other side of the break, because James will be here as well in the nba title market continuing to move seven to one now 36 to one on brooklyn's price to win next year's nba championship the 12th best odds to win the larry o'brien trophy next year and in the eastern conference jy they were only 50 cents behind the co-favorites of the bucks and the celtics just 24 hours ago now 17 to one very much in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. We'll go around the Eastern Conference, look at the rest of what happened in free agency yesterday because I know JY's got some thoughts on the team that plays in the other bureau Stay with us here on the morning after.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: NBA free agency began yesterday at 6 p.m eastern time we took snapshots of the marketplaces the conference odds the title odds and where everything would move but we did not expect kevin durant requesting a trade from the brooklyn nets that shifted the markets dramatically and we'll look at that continuously here on the morning after live on this friday the first day of the month of july setting you up for what we hope will be a profitable holiday weekend. I am Ben Stevens, alongside JY, our coach James Young, for a second consecutive segment. And JY, we just showed you the slide Brooklyn has seen, not only in the NBA championship odds for this upcoming year in the association, but also the Eastern Conference. The third best price yesterday, plus 340, now 17-1, to the fifth best odds in the East. You said it when you came on. This is not a rebuilding effort for the Brooklyn Nets. If they get that trade haul back, that will be at historic levels from potentially the Phoenix Suns or whoever in return for Kevin Durant. It is a reset for the Nets. So where do you think potentially Kevin Durant leaving, Kyrie Irving leaving, leaves the Brooklyn Nets moving forward?
2: It depends on the haul they get back, but I think they still could be in the I would say like a six, seven seed in the East, Mm -hmm. possibly in the playing tournament, depending on who they bring in. Listen, you're not going to be able to get, you know, even money on Kyrie. You're going to get 30 cents on the dollar. KD, you're going to have to get maybe 70, 80 cents on the dollar. But you're not going to get what you're going to get. The third part is, is Harden's gone. The fourth part is, does Steve Nash say, All right, dude, I'm out of here. I'm going to go back to British Columbia, chill out, and and run the the Whitecaps of the MLS. So that's the other thing we have to think about. There's so many dominoes that have to fall. But if you think about the East Bend, Philadelphia, better. Boston, better. Milwaukee, better. Miami, better. Atlanta, better. That's five at least. We haven't even gotten into Chicago if the Knicks keep making moves. Does Charlotte make a big jump? What does Washington do now that they give Beal like $495 trillion? I still don't understand that when they're never going to win. But this is the kind of thing that's going to move. So the interesting market to see is when the playoff odds come out, what will it be with the Brooklyn Nets? I think the sports folks are going to wait until after free agent period and their trades before they hang a number on the Nets to make the playoffs, because I think it'll be
1: too tricky of a market to predict. Absolutely so, Coach. And as we always say, when one team is in the news, like Kevin Durant requesting a trade from Brooklyn, it not only affects the price on the Nets, but every other team in the East. The Bucks and the Celtics co-favorites yesterday grow shorter by 20 cents, both at plus 270. The Heat had the fifth best odds yesterday at 8-1, to now plus 390, almost cutting their price in half jy by more than half and the sixers move up the board as well plus 550 maybe because brooklyn is not that vaunted team at the top of the east and the nets now with the fifth best odds had the third best odds yesterday at plus 340 or maybe because philadelphia and miami although phoenix is katie's preferred trade destination the sixers and the heat could be in the running as well do you expect coach that brooklyn would even Listen to an offer to trade Kevin Durant to a contender in the Eastern Conference.
2: This is where you got to check your pride and your ego at the door, Sean Marks. I don't Mm. care who gives me the best offer. If it's the Knicks, I'm taking the Knicks offer. I don't care because at this point, it's about retooling this roster as quickly as possible. Everything's got to be, to me, Ben, about guys 25 and under... What they could bring. So if you're looking at the package that maybe Philadelphia may throw out of Harris, maxi and Thibel, that's not better than getting Aiden and Bridges. That's I don't even know that's better than getting Tyler Hero and other parts from Miami. Because Harris's contract is bad. You're gonna have to flip it. Thibal to me is overrated, and the picks you may not get may not be great. Plus, you've already gotten some of their picks anyway. From the Harden deal, so how many picks does Philadelphia have left? So I'll be interesting to see what happens, but I do think if you're Sean Mark, you got to take the best deal on the table.
1: Kevin Durant, one of the best scorers of this de- uh, of this generation, potentially in league history. Of course, everybody wants a slice of the easy money sniper. Even Paolo Banquero, the number one overall pick just last week, sharing out to his Instagram story: "Hey KD, come to Orlando. I hear we can get some good prices." on going to Disney World together. So look at that. Everybody wanting in on the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. We will monitor that situation. But as we said, the start of free agency yesterday. Kevin Durant, not a free agent, requesting a trade. But one of the biggest moves that was to be expected because nobody in the world loves Jalen Brunson more than the New York Knicks. Well, it happened. The Knicks and Jalen Brunson agreeing to a four-year, nearly $110 million deal. Jalen Brunson, who was seen on Broadway inside Madison Square Garden as the second coming of Michael Jordan, JY, if you would like to rant, here is your opportunity.
2: You know, me growing up as a Knicks fan, there used to be this this phrase, "Go New York, Go New York, Go." You know what I think about this? No New York, No New York, No. There's got to be something else. I mean, and I said it. You tried. You didn't get to Jontay Murray. I got it. Like I told you on on, a set of social media. The Knicks are the dude that goes to the front of the line to get into the club. And I'm not talking about looking good like me or you. I'm talking about Joe Lisi good, looking sharp as always. I'm talking Joe Ranieri good with the slick oh. back hair, looking fresh yeah. all the time. This ain't ugly like me and you, Ben. I mean, you're better looking than me, too. So maybe you can get in the club. I, this is me mm-hmm. not getting in the club. So you're going to try and sell me as a Knicks fan that this is it? I mean, what <laughs> the what are we doing here? I mean, this is the cut. Oh, Lord have mercy. Ben, don't do this to me. I only have one cup of coffee. My heart's All dropping. Right. And here's the here's here's what this means, folks. I want you to understand this. Before the Knicks, and if you can pull up that graphic right there, guys, the Knicks yeah. were plus 5,500 to win the East. Before they signed Jalen Brunson, do you know how much they moved? Zero. What does that tell you? ain't moving the needle, folks. Hey, Scott Perry, World Wide West, Leon Rose, who, like I said, he's probably a witness protection. Dude, can we do something? Because here's the thing. You're going to bank on Brunson, RJ Barrett, who I think is very much improving, and you have to now deal with Julius Randle, which one of his show up. What are you doing with Mitchell Robinson? You got Obi and these young kids. This is the point where rubber meets the road for New York. Take guys like Fournier and randall ship them out bring young kids in and make a long push towards this you're gonna have to extend rj barrett at about 25 million dollars this fall. so you better come up with a plan because if you think running out those two ch- is gonna make jy happy oh, oh oh i got a bridge to sell you and it ain't the brooklyn one
1: I will just say though, Jay, why last week before the Knicks became the clear front runner for Jalen Brunson, they were 65 to one. And then when it seemed virtually wrapped up and then yesterday becoming cemented, 55 to one, so $10 of movement in the East. Let's get pragmatic here very quickly from your scouting report, coaching perspective, how does Jalen Brunson fit with the New York Knicks?
2: They need shooters. They need shooters around him because his ability to get into lane, Shuff, I think 55% Inside the lane. He's one of the best crafty, creative shooters. If you think about this, guys, take Kyle Anderson, drop him down to six-one, make him left-handed. Crafty, funky, has a lot of juke in his game in the lane. But that's the problem. In order for him to get into the lane, you need to space him with shooters. That's why someone like actually Fournier may be beneficial to keep, but someone like Julius Reno needs to go. But then that leads to the next part. And that's Mitchell Robinson. If you have someone that's a shot blocking big who can't uh, step out and score, that's going to take away his ability to get to the basket. So when you're the Knicks now and, you, and you've and you signed Hardenstein, who I think is a very good signing, you have to figure out what you're doing with Mitchell Robinson because you need to have someone that can stretch the floor because Someone like Brunson needs the ability to to be able to to attack off the bounce. He can score in all three phases, but he's really good going to the basket. So we'll have to see what happens in regards to that. But one thing really quick, Ben, Hardenstein, 46.7% from three. That is the part people aren't talking about. The shooting and the passing ability will be something that will benefit someone like Jalen Brunson.
1: All right, Jay Lads, let's quickly run through a couple of the free agency moves we saw yesterday. PJ Tucker, as expected, now makes his way to the city of brotherly love. Three years, nearly 31 mil for him to join the Philadelphia 76ers. Seems to be a big rotational piece for the Sixers. Again, the fourth best odds to win next year's Eastern Conference crown. Nicole Jokic gets paid in a big, big way. A supermax five years, $264 million, the richest contract in NBA history for the guy that has won two straight NBA MVPs, the fifth best odds entering this next year. Kevin Durant moving up this board, by the way, at plus 850. But everybody trailing Luka Doncic, who is the favorite right now at 5-1. to one. And then finally here, JY, quick, quick thoughts. Devin Booker also signing a Supermax with the Phoenix Suns. If it is Kevin Durant finding his way to the Valley, how will these two snipers pair up together?
2: They're going to pair up great. Both can space, both can create their own shot with CP3 running the point. I think it's a really good play for them. Real quickly, Joker, really good for him. They got to get Michael Porter Jr. healthy along, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with uh, the guard, Jamal Murray. And then lastly, you know, P.J. Tucker, that helps. Philly needs more pieces. They need to get more depth in order to compete.
1: I would agree with that statement. Philly, the fourth best odds. Phoenix now the favorite in the Western Conference. JY, thank you for everything. A ton to unpack here, and you did a fabulous job. Enjoy your holiday weekend, my friend. More of the morning after. It's coming up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Oftentimes in college sports, the years tend to grind by on a rather slow pace. But yesterday, news moving like wildfire that will change the landscape of collegiate athletics as we know it forever and for the foreseeable future. A Big Ten bombshell yesterday. USC and UCLA have been approved to join the Big Ten Conference starting in 2024. Welcome back to the morning after. Live right here on a Friday on Sports Grid. And Sirius XM channel 159. It's where you can hear me, Ben Stevens, and my co-host Joe Lisi on Football Full Circle starting at noon Eastern time each and every weekday. And to dive even deeper into this discussion, Joe, about the future of college sports, about CFB, the Big Ten, the Pac-12 Conference, and the ripple effects we will feel across the country, make sure you tune in to today's show. But Lisi, let's start out by trying to paint a timeline of what happened Yesterday, around 2, 2 2.30 PM Eastern time, we get the initial report from John Wilner, a guy that covers the Pac-12 with the best of them across the country in college sports. That USC and UCLA had been having discussions to potentially join the Big Ten Conference. At that point, nothing had been finalized, but the deal was starting to take shape. And then within about six or seven hours, the Big Ten League presidents and chancellors voted, Approved USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten Conference, and as we got the report last night from ESPN's Pete Thamel, they are ret- set- ret- ready, and set to go in 2024. So, Lisi, a simple question, but one that will have a dramatic impact. What does this mean for the future of college sports?
3: It means super conferences are on the horizon, Ben. We've talked about it maybe for the past two years that the SEC and the larger Power Five conferences were going to expand to potentially 18 and 20 teams down the road, and this is going to lead the way and pave the way for maybe 40 to 45 teams battling for a college football national championship each and every year. I think it's going to be great for the regular season matchups that we really thrive off of. Now we get the potential of UCLA and USC to play the likes of Ohio State and Michigan, respectively. Those games will garner ratings, and that's what it's all about. TV revenue and the potential to really, really, uh, I I want to say, really expand on the on the revenue from these games leading up to the college football playoff and more importantly the national championship that's what college football wants and more importantly that's what these conferences and schools want with the nil deals in place right now
1: it felt like very rapid movement that within six hours it went from usc and ucla might join the big ten to the league chancellors and presidents voting on it and the deal Already being done that for the 2024-25 college athletic season, USC and UCLA members now of the Big Ten Conference. It is the idea of college sports at its finest, the epitome of college athletics, the blending of the future with the present and what it all means doing with the past as well. And to echo what Joe said right there, it is also the reality of college sports there is an allure that we have the tradition the pageantry and the grandeur of college sports the amateur ideal of these players going to campuses to play for your alma mater for your favorite school the geographical ties those bitter rivalries against your foes just down the road but in the reality of college sports geography doesn't mean much anymore now the big 10 conference will span coast to coast to as far out east here in the tri-state area as New Jersey's college team in Rutgers all the way to Los Angeles with both UCLA and USC. The Big Ten Conference, headquartered right outside of Chicago, will span the entirety of this country. And Joe, I think a lot of people have issues with that and issues with conference realignment, but Lisey made a fantastic point. This is about TV rights revenue, and there are two big dogs when it comes to college sports and mainly college football in terms of what they can generate from a revenue perspective from their television broadcast partners the sec who we saw last time summer sign a new deal with disney and espn worth three billion dollars paying out the sec 300 million dollars on an annual basis now the big tens tv rights deals come to an end at the end of this year 2022 they've already been at the negotiation table and it was reported the big 10 was looking at deals that would pay them out 1.1 billion with a b on an annual basis that was before usc and ucla joined the conference for 2024 yesterday that price is going to go up substantially joe probably somewhere close to two billion dollars in yearly revenue from their tv rights partners and at the end of the day we might not like all that money in college sports with the idea of amateurism but really it's a professional landscape and it's the reality of college athletics as we know
3: it is. And I think it could potentially top three billion. I really believe that once we get started in 2024, Ben, because you're talking about some of the most recognizable names in terms of the sport and tradition of college football, USC and Ohio State and Michigan playing mm-hmm. each and every year and UCLA as well is just going to garner maybe top Viewer, uh, I want to say marketability each and every yeah. week. They're going to capitalize on that from a sponsorship and revenue perspective, and even the sports gambling aspect. Ben, thats that's another yeah. part of it as well. These games are going to be, you know, in-game perspective and in-game wagering. The the fans are going to tune into these games at eight o'clock or or four o'clock, respectively, whenever they play. So you know, it, it's great when it's in a bowl matchup, right? When we see you know Penn State play USC a few years ago when you see Saquon and and Sam Darnold Now you're going to get this each and every season. And at the end of the day, everybody's trying to catch the SEC. Everybody wants to close the door and close the gap on the likes of Alabama, right? They don't want them to have a stranglehold on the college football playoff like we've seen in recent years where two SEC teams make the college football playoff. Now the potential to have maybe two or three Big Ten teams with the likes of USC and UC LA and above is is really a reality right now and then on top of that you have other teams Clemson where do they go there's no doubt in my mind Ben that in the next couple of years Clemson yeah. will be a part of the SEC I said it for years you can go back to the early and mid 80s this was a talk about Clemson and the likes of Florida State and, and Miami joining the SEC back then so think about this you know what would the SEC look like with Oklahoma Texas Clemson Florida State and Miami in the conference, there's going to be teams that are going to suffer the consequences, specifically like the likes of Missouri and Vanderbilt, but it's all about revenue dollars at this point.
1: The Big Ten right now currently owns the three biggest television markets in all of the country once USC and UCLA are added to the fold. Los Angeles out west, the greater New York City area here out east, Washington, D.C., when you have Maryland, and of course where they are headquartered in Chicago as well. Huge television markets that generate those huge television markets. And this all stems one summer after the Southeastern Conference, the SEC adds Texas and Oklahoma, two of the biggest brand names in all of college sports. The Big Ten yesterday adding USC and UCLA. Texas and OU supposed to join the SEC in 2025. USC and UCLA on track to join the Big Ten in 2024. There will be seismic shifts in how we see the landscape of college sports as we know it, for the foreseeable future, Lisey. And there was more reports yesterday that the Big Ten, potentially the SEC, is not done. You mentioned a couple of teams you think could hop over to the Southeastern Conference. From that Big Ten perspective, who are some schools you expect that conference to target to add as additional members?
3: Well, it's really Notre Dame or bust at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Notre Dame would be the golden child in terms of that type of scenario because you look at the regular season matchups. USC plays Notre Dame each and every year. Notre Dame has has a history with Michigan and Michigan State, respectively. And why not, you know, have Notre Dame play Ohio State every year? In the days of Eddie George. Notre Dame and Ohio State played back to back years in 93 and 94, respectively. So to have those marquee matchups with Notre Dame would think about that to now have the independent thrown into the Big Ten. You get the West Coast, you get the East Coast teams, and now you have the Midwest, I want to say, golden child in Notre Dame. I mean, come on, what more can you ask for? They would trump the SEC in terms of the the viewership from West Coast to East Coast. You're absolutely right. They would have eyes on their product at each and every ball game. So that's what it's all about. I think Notre Dame's definitely in the mix. I also heard a report, and I don't know how true this has been, Oregon and Washington already applied for uh, for reinstatement into the Big Ten. So I don't know. That uh, report came out late last night at like 10 o'clock that it was a done deal or we would know today at some point. So it's conflicting right now depending upon the uh, sources that we hear. You would have to think Oregon would be on the move as well with the Nike affiliation. That's another team that you would definitely want in the mix outside any other in terms of the Pac-12 it would only be Washington and Oregon because of the tradition and the ties in terms of that rivalry as well.
1: We have seen so much conference realignment in the last decade or so in college sports it is not done. Notre Dame watching all of this yesterday with a huge smile on their face and dollar signs in their eyes. Notre Dame and Ohio State open up this year against each other. It might be a potential conference clash a few years down the road. The Buckeyes a 14-point favorite. We got totals up on the FanDuel Sportsbook now over under that stands at 58. So all of this is in the future. No effect on the odds for this upcoming 2022 college football season. Again, USC and UCLA set to join the Big Ten Conference starting in 2024. So, this year, as expected, Ohio State, a heavy odds on favorite to win the Big Ten title. Minus 200, Lee. See the best odds of any team to win any conference at the Power Five level. How do you evaluate the Big Ten odds for this upcoming year, knowing we're not going to see UCA- UCLA and USC for a couple of years?
3: Yeah, they got it right with Ohio State. You, there's no other team right now at the start of the year that you could put ahead of CJ Stroud and those wide receivers and running back Travion Henderson. The explosiveness of the Ohio State offense is a main reason why they're five to one now 3-1 to one to win the national championship and minus 200 yep. to win the Big Ten. So I think that they got it right in terms of that week one matchup against Notre Dame. I've said it before. If you're going to mm-hmm. a, give a defensive-minded head coach, Marcus Freeman, six months to prepare for that offense, I think that's a pretty good recipe and scenario to back Notre Dame they don't have to win they just have to cover from a two touchdown perspective so I, early on I would lean to Notre Dame and the under right now 58 in that matchup but keep an eye out right now for Penn State in the Big Ten as well Ben I think they can make some noise uh as this season war- wears on with an experienced quarterback in Sean
1: Clifford. First year of Lincoln Riley in Southern California and for this upcoming season without divisions the Trojans are the favorites to win the Pac-12 12 plus 150 followed by Utah and Oregon both at three to one and there's UCLA the fourth best price at 12 to one Joe Lisi and I will continue this conference realignment conversation coming up on football full circle starting at noon Eastern time on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM channel 159 because as Joe knows very well. It's not just the additions to the Big Ten and the SEC that we saw last summer. This idea of Super Leagues in college sports. But where does that leave the other players on the college athletics landscape? What is next for the Pac-12? How does this affect the Big 12, the ACC? conference realignment is not done and it all ties in to the tv rights revenue those are where the odds stack up right now lisi we'll see what they look like in 2024 excited for our conversation on football full circle today can't wait it will be a great time for sure we end out this opening hour of the morning after up next out our number one of the morning after live right here on a friday on sports grid and sirius xm channel 159 i am ben stevens thank you for joining us here listening all across the sports grid radio network watching all across the spiz Grizz as well what a jam-packed opening hour of this friday show the day following a wild thursday in the world of sports when the sports landscape went bonkers a big 10 bombshell that sends USC and UCLA to the Big Ten Conference starting in 2024, drastically changing the evolution of college sports as we know it. Kevin Durant requests a trade from the Brooklyn Necks, a seismic shift in the NBA as well. We'll continue to detail all of that coming up in hour number two. We'll get to some other areas to set you up for your weekend in the sports world as well. And here's what we call a tease in the industry. Benny and the Bats coming up in our second hour in just about 20 minutes time will be about getting ready for the holiday weekend and the favorite treat that you can expect a hot dog. How does the public feel about hot dogs and maybe the age-old debate? Let's find out together and feed the public. There is a question that often circulates surrounding a hot dog. And as today's Benny and the Betts will show you, we ask that question to the people on the streets of New York. Is a hot dog a sandwich? It can often get contentious. So let's see what the public has to say. The two options, yes or no. And most of the public right now saying no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Public, I agree with you, but a lot of the people... On the streets of NYC, thought a hot dog was a sandwich because it is welded between two pieces of bread in a bun, but connected nonetheless. We'll continue that conversation, that debate, not only around hot dogs, but of course, NBA free agency, the NBA trade request of Kevin Durant, and the seismic shift in college sports as well all of that coming your way in hour number two plus a check-in on major league baseball and a huge weekend in the ufc as well come right back and join us